I was saying in the church this morning, just to excuse my voice because there's been, been something working on me in my chest and throat all week, so hopefully you'll be able to make out what I'm saying okay. Do you know what I thought I would do tonight, lads? I thought I'd talk to you about football. Anybody happy about that? Yeah, I, th- I thought so. Now, I can appreciate there's, there's a few people out there don't like football, but I, I think if you follow what we're going to say, you, you'll all enjoy it okay. So let me ask you a question, and this is a question, so we're looking for a response. What's the one position on a football team that nobody wants to play? What is it? Goalkeeper? Well, I'd say there's some goalkeepers out there like to play in nets. Defense? There's some defender. What, what else do I think? You're going to say defence? Sorry? Spot on. The substitute. Nobody wants to be the substitute. Nobody wants to be that person who gets maybe five minutes at the end of the match to come on to try and change things around or even just to rest a better player. Nobody likes to be a substitute. But tonight, what I would like to share with you is about someone who loves to be a substitute. In fact, We're going to share tonight about the greatest substitute and substitution that took place in history. A substitute who didn't change a football match, but actually changed the world and opened up to it this incredible hope and challenge. A substitute is someone who who, who takes the place of another. Isn't that right? Well, here's the bottom line. The greatest substitute to ever walk the face of this earth was and is Jesus Christ. Earlier, Benjamin read to us so well about Barabbas being freed. And essentially what happened there was Barabbas was in jail for committing a a, a heinous crime and Jesus had just been arrested and Pilate hadn't a clue what to do with Jesus because he was an innocent man and he couldn't find anything wrong with him. So he asked the crowd if they would decide what to do with Jesus because at that time there was a feast and it was a tradition at that feast that, that, that Pilate would release a prisoner to keep the Jewish people happy. Barabbas was guilty but he was set free. And essentially what happened there was Jesus took his place. Jesus became a substitute. He became a substitute. Barabbas was guilty, but Jesus paid the price he should have paid. He died the death that he should have died. But actually, this substitution was an awful lot more significant than just that. Because what Jesus was doing on the cross was being our substitute. He was taking our place. He was dying a death that we deserved. And he was paying a price that we deserved to pay. Because like Barabbas, we are guilty. We're guilty sinners. But Jesus became a substitute so that we could go free. Before we look at some examples from the footballing world, It's important for us to try and understand this evening why it's important that Jesus can become our substitute. What relevance does what he did 2,000 years ago have for us here this evening in Dundonald Edom Church? And what way we need to understand it is by understanding a little bit more about the justice and the love of God. This is important. Firstly, the justice of God. God is absolutely perfect. He is brilliantly perfect in every way, and he can have nothing to do with sin. We've heard that word probably a lot of times, and what exactly does it mean? Sin is essentially all the stuff we do in our lives, say and think that Jesus wouldn't do. 
It can also be the things that we should do in our lives, but don't do. And the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and that we've all fallen short of God's standards. That means the message tonight is relevant to absolutely everybody in the room. The Bible also tells us this, that sin has separated us from God. Because he's perfect, he can have nothing to actually do with it. And because he's a God of justice, his justice demands that all sin be punished. So if sin separates us from God, and we were to die separated from God, that's actually how we would spend our eternity, separated from God in hell. But the preaching of hell tonight is good news because the good news is you don't have to go there, nor do I. Why? Well, we understand why Jesus can become our substitute when we understand the justice and the love of God. God's justice demands sin be punished. God's love demanded that he would pay the price. It was God's love that drove Jesus to a cross. Whenever we watch a, a football match, substitution, it's always the manager's call because the manager's on the sideline. They're watching the match. They suppo they're supposed to know what are the best moves to make to try and turn a match around or win the game. It's always the manager's call. And if you think, God, like, it's like God is the manager in this case and he does know what's best and he knew that Jesus was the only one who could pay a price on the cross to satisfy his justice and his demand for justice on our sin. God called this substitution, folks. For God so loved you and he so loved me that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for our sins. And when does all this stuff about substitution become effective in each of our lives? It depends how you respond to it. Players don't have a choice in a football pitch. If they're called off, they come off. They have to accept it. But God does not force his love on you. He gives you the choice tonight whether you're going to accept or whether you're going to reject his love. But we can often learn an awful lot about the different ways people might respond to Jesus tonight by the ways in which different footballers can respond to substitution. I don't know if the, the slide's there. Firstly, there's the, there's the player who accepts the substitution well. The player accepts the substitution well. He knows exactly why he's been subbed. He's been subbed because he's played a stormer and, and the manager's just calling him off so that the crowd can show their appreciation. So he turns and he applauds the crowd. They stand and they, they roar and, and they show their appreciation for him. As he walks off the pitch, some of the players come and shake his hand. The manager pats his back as he, as he goes past them. He goes, he puts on his coat. He's the man. And he sits down in the dugout and he, he pats the legs of the boys either side of him if he's into that sort of thing. But he, he, he accepts the substitution well. He accepts the substitution well. Jesus Christ becomes our substitute when we give our lives to him. And there are people who are like the player just mentioned who accept his substitution well. <clears throat> they see the love. They see the love that's displayed on a cross and they're captivated by it. They can't believe it. It's incredible. And they want to accept the substitution. Well, how are you going to respond to Jesus tonight? Then there's the player who's sub because of injury. <laughs> On to the next slide. 
and you see it crunch. The tackle comes in, he's injured, substitution has to come off. See, whenever I was younger, if I didn't have a match on a Saturday, I used to go up to Orangefield Park. I grew up in Castle Ray, and I used to go up to Orangefield Park to see if there was a match on. And I didn't go up there to appreciate the standard of the football. <laughs> the sort of matches I watched there, the ball would have been about 30 feet in the air for 89 of the 90 minutes of the game. It wasn't the standard of football. I went there because pretty much you were guaranteed every week to see a fight. Um, and this was interesting. And there was one week I, I went up to watch a match and there was a big crowd actually around the pitch and that wasn't normal in Orangefield Park. So I thought this must either be a grudge match or it must be a derby or something's going on. So I thought I'll watch this particular one. And then it happened. This boy slid in and he absolutely cleaned this player and bang, he went down. And what happened next what ensued was a 22-man brawl. And I kid you not, it was some of the finest entertainment I've ever seen. <laughs> it was magnificent. And, what, and then what happened was the referee gets in and he tries to break it all up. And eventually he does and, and they all part. And there's a guy lying on the ground injured. And next thing, substitution. We need to get somebody else on. Folks, sometimes people accept Jesus as their substitute in the midst of injury and hurt and pain. There are those here tonight, and you will know this. Life has dealt you out one disappointment after another. There are those here tonight. You remember the, the advert they used to have on television where the, the guy was out partying with his friends all night, and then he, he came in and he closed the door and he pulled off his mask, and he, he seemed to have it all together, and he pulled the mask off and he revealed the, the real self. Well, there are those here who have walked in with a mask tonight because in behind that mask are hearts that are hurting, hearts that are in pain, hearts that are crying out for love, acceptance, security, and hope. Do you know what? We know the one who can help you if that's your situation. Not necessarily deliver you from all the difficulties that you're going through, but one who can bring peace into your heart. Very much so. It's not the people who might laugh at you for becoming a Christian. It's the one who wants to be your substitute, the one who went to a cross for your sins and mine. And some people say, ah, see that Christianity stuff? It's just a crutch for the weak. And do you know what? In some respects it is, because that's actually one of the pictures the Bible gives us of God in the Old Testament where he says, lean on me, lean on me. But it's much more than just a crutch Yes, it is for people like me who realize I need someone bigger and greater to help me through the thick and the thin of life. But Christianity is also the only way in which we can deal with the sin in our lives. It's the only way we can come into a relationship with God that, that transforms the way we live and our attitude and, and focus to life. And it's the only way in which we can have the hope of heaven in our hearts. How are you going to respond to Jesus tonight? How are you going to respond to Jesus tonight? Then finally, there's the, the player who's subbed and he doesn't want to come off. Don't have the slides. 
There's a player who doesn't want to come off. He has to look five times over to the side of the pitch. He can't believe his number's up on the board. He, and then you see the anger just uh, rising up in his face. And he is risen. He doesn't want to accept this. And he storms off the pitch and he brushes past the manager aggressively. He kicks a water bottle. He takes his top off. I'll not do that. And he, and he throws it into the dugout and he storms past the dugout, goes down... Uh, and, and sits in the, in the changing room and he huffs and sulks. <laughs> he doesn't want to accept the substitution and he doesn't accept it well. Well, he doesn't have a choice. He had to come off. But you have a choice whether to accept Jesus or reject him. Some people don't want to accept him. And one of the biggest reasons probably why the footballer sitting in the changing room sulking is because of pride. He doesn't want people to be able to see him. Do you know what? One of the biggest things that puts people off coming to Jesus is pride. It's pride. Pride could maybe make some people here tonight react angrily to this message about substitution and start to make excuses. Does God not see me when I'm good? I do this, I do that. I, I send my kids to BB. I give money to charity. I'm not a bad person. I'm a member of a denomination or whatever. I'll be okay when I get to heaven. And folks, please hear this. Please hear this. Pride fails to realize that our best is never going to be enough. Only God's best is enough to deal with sin and get us into heaven. And God's best was his lovely son, Jesus. God's best was his lovely son, Jesus, our substitute. Why would Jesus... Go through what he did on a cross. If we could get into heaven by just being good, that doesn't make sense. What makes sense is that we desperately need him and we desperately need a relationship with Jesus because he's our only hope. If pride is not wanting to let you make a response to this substitution tonight, please tell me. How are you going to get rid of your sin? How are you going to deal with your sin for that day when you, as sure as you can hear my voice, that you will stand before God? Pride also puts people off because some people think, ah, oh, my friends will laugh at me. My friends will laugh at me. And do you know what? I can't tell you what reaction people will give to you if you become a Christian. There will be people who will laugh at you, who will mock you. People laughed at and mocked Jesus and they'll do exactly the same to us for following him. It's part of the cost of following Jesus. But don't let people's reaction put you off making a decision you know that you need to make tonight. Maybe you're here and you've been coming to this church or maybe a church you're connected to all your life and people think you're a Christian, but you know in your heart of hearts that you're not. And pride starts to kick in and say, well, what happens if I respond, if I have to tell people that I've become a Christian? And pride kicks in. I remember um, speaking at a meeting up in, in it was poor Rush Town Hall. 
And at the end of the meeting, there was a guy walked up to the front to become a Christian at the, during the appeal. And there were gasps. People couldn't believe that this guy was responding because he was at every prayer meeting. He was at every church service. He was more committed to, to the church than most of the leaders in the church were. They couldn't believe it. But what he said to me afterwards was this. He said, it's all been a facade. It's all been a facade. Because behind it, I know that I've never made that commitment to Jesus. Please don't let pride that kicks in in terms of what other people will think put you off. Because pride comes before a fall. That's what the Bible says to us. You want me to tell you how people will react here tonight? If you become a Christian, here's how we'll react. With all of heaven, we'll celebrate. Because what's lost inside of you right now will become found. What's dead inside of you to Jesus will become alive. And your life will turn around and he will want to transform you and make you more into what his son is. So here's my advice to you. Ditch the pride. Ditch the pride and give your life to Jesus. He said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No one's going to get to the Father, he said, but through me. Said it a few weeks ago in church. Sometimes people get a bit upset by that because that's a bit exclusive, Jesus. He can be exclusive because he's the only leader of a religion to rise from the dead and he's the only one who has the power to change your life and my life and deal with our greatest problem. Barabbas, he should have gone to the cross but Jesus took his place, the place of a guilty man, and he also took the place of a guilty world by becoming our substitute. God's justice demands sin be punished. God's love demanded that he would pay the price. This substitution, it was the manager's call. This was not a lesser player coming on for a better player. This was the greatest man to walk the face of this earth, taking the place of sinners like you and sinners like me. And today, God is calling you if you haven't responded to him he's calling you this substitution's different you don't have to accept it but he still calls you and this substitution will be there whilst you have breath but to breathe our last without Christ means it's too late because if we reject Jesus in this life he will reject us in the next in this life, while we have breath, he's our only way into heaven. But to die without him, he becomes our biggest stumbling block. How will you respond to Jesus today? That's the whole point of the boys' brigade. The advancement of Christ's kingdom. That's why we put this on. We don't put the BB on just for a bit of crack and nothing better to do with our time. We passionately want to see every one of these boys come to know Jesus. Passionately want them to come to know Jesus. You know, I see you guys coming up here, you can't help but feel, you know, what does life have in store for those wee ones? What's the future hold for them? That's why we're pleading with you tonight. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus, your substitute. Not just a message for kids, a message for all of us. How will you respond to him? Do you see your number? The scoreboard's there at the side of the pitch and he's wanting to make this substitution. 
If you want to run to him, if there's pain in your heart and you want to find peace, if you're one to ditch the pride and find excuses, in the light of awesome love, give your life to him. Why don't you come and speak to Davy? Why don't you come to speak to me, kids? Why don't you go and speak to your officers tonight? It's the single most important thing that needs to happen tonight is that people respond to this substitution, open our hearts, and let him flood your life with his love and his hope. Please give your life to him tonight and we're here to serve you please talk to us if any of you want to respond to him don't be embarrassed to be talking to us at the door that's the reason this church exists that will be the best conversation we can have with someone tonight please make a positive response to Jesus worship team's going to come forward and sing let's all let's all stand together as we we sing our, our closing chorus and worship God together thank you